Welcome to the Wedding Obsessed Podcast, designed to help you plan your dream day. I'm your host, Adriana, and each week, I'm joined by the wedding industry's top professionals, celebs, influencers, and friends who share tips, trends, advice, and mistakes they've made so you don't have to. This is the Prenup Podcast. Recently talking with a bride who was really stressed about outfitting her different wedding events. So, you know, she spent... $400 on her engagement dress, $300 on her shower dress, thousands on her actual gown and accessories for the wedding day. She still had to get her bachelorette outfits, her uh, welcome party outfits, rehearsal outfits, morning outfits, after party, day after party. Honeymoon outfits. I know so many brides fall into the same sort of predicament, but today's guests have the solution. Their names are Justina and Erica. They are the co-founders and co-CEOs of a company called Trousseau, which is a marketplace where you can buy and sell wedding event outfits, shoes, accessories, everything. So they have designers like Nadine Marabi, Colt Gaia, they have Monique Lullier, Amsali, anything that comes into your wedding sphere, they probably carry it. We talk all things bridal style, both trendy and classic, and get into some really fun topics, as well as a big announcement from Justina and Erica about Trousseau. This is the perfect episode for every fashion forward bride. I'm really excited for you to hear what they have to say, and I've linked everywhere that you can find them and Trousseau below. So as long as you're not driving, check out the links, and if you are driving, just make a mental note to check them out later. Before we begin, I just wanna announce two things. One, we are now live on Apple Podcasts. So if you like the prenup and you want more, please leave a glowing review, but only a glowing review. If you have anything nasty to say, just don't, or email it to me. Um, or if you really must, you know, leave a nasty review, but I would prefer a glowing. Truly, if you do have any questions or criticisms, I am trying to produce the best podcast for you. So any feedback is really, really beneficial. If you do leave a review, screenshot and send it to me, you're going to be entered in a monthly giveaway for the prenup bridal planner, which is just my favorite little thing on earth. It's going to keep you so organized and just make your bridal planning journey so much easier and keep all of your goals in line. Send that to my email, which is adriana at the-pre-nup.com. I'll leave that below. You can also shop the prenup bridal planner at the-pre-nup.com. All of the prenup socials also linked below for all the best wedding tips, advice, etc. I'll shut up now. Here is Erica and Justina. In the intro, before you guys came on, I was talking about one of my brides who was really stressed with outfitting all of her different events from her engagement party to her shower to everything in between. And I know that it's something that a lot of brides can relate to just from a perspective of the pressure to look good, the money and everything in between. And I did promise in the intro a fabulous solution to this, which is of course Trousseau. So in your words, can you guys explain a little bit what Trousseau is, how it can help brides and your relation to it? Absolutely. Well, this is the solution for your bride. So Trousseau is a marketplace making it easy for women to buy and sell wedding wear that they'll only wear once. So we can help them more quickly be able to acquire the pieces that they want so they can look and feel their best. And then after their wedding event, they can sell it afterwards. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, something that I love, one of my favorite parts about bridal wear, and it's a testament to the designers as well, but um, it's not just white. There's something that feels inherently bridal about it um, from swimwear to, you know, mini dresses, everything, you know, it really does feel very bridal, which is so awesome when you're getting married, but it's this whole thing of like, well, what the hell do I do with it when I'm done? You know, you were saying something feels inherently very bridal about these outfits that I, I think that that's definitely true. And the level of formality is probably a bit higher than what you would wear on an everyday basis. And if you think about what other events women in this time of life are going to, it's often other people's bridal events and you can't relate to someone else's event. So it really creates this, this tough situation where you want to look and feel your best, but often you can only wear them once. What you just mentioned is exactly what we hear because brides look like everyone thinks about the wedding day, right? And then sometimes women forget that there's so many other events surrounding the wedding. From the second you get engaged, you have your engagement photos, you have a bridal shower. You actually might have multiple bridal showers if you have family across the country. You have your bachelorette, which is not a one night. We're talking a whole weekend, day and night, different kinds of things, themes going on. 
Then you get to the wedding weekend and you have your rehearsal event or welcome night. Then you have your getting ready outfit before your wedding, your first look. Some women are doing second looks. Then we have an after party and then we have a brunch the next day. Then you go on a mini moon, maybe on a honeymoon. Like I'm out of breath just trying to list all of these events. It's a massive production. You know, you're not going to want to borrow from, you know, your best friend, like all of your friends have seen her in that. And, you know, there's always something nice about maybe borrowing an accessory here or there, but the styles don't always really align either. So, you know, there's all these great designers. You guys will probably make fun of me because I'll get the names wrong, but, you know, I always see like Retrofit and Nadine Morabi and, you know, these these lines that seem like very catered to bridal events. Um, so what are you guys seeing in terms of styles that coming in? Cause you're, you're in it. You're the co-founders and CEOs. You're very fashion forward and everything that comes through, I'm sure filters through you and you see a little bit of everything. So what are you guys seeing right now? That's super popular in bridal. Oh my gosh. We're seeing, <laughs> there's so many things that we're loving right now. My personal favorite is gloves have come back into fashion. They are something that we saw a lot of iconic celebrities wearing probably like 40, 50 years ago. And yeah. now they're back and these long, beautiful, either white gloves or they're like quasi see-through gloves. So they're, they're stunning. I'm obsessed with them. I wish I had them for my wedding. <laughs> and I, I think something I'm loving as well that I've seen is we're really seeing a lot of dresses with floral applique mm -hmm. and love that from what I've seen. Tons of designers that have really been incorporating those into their designs. Uh, so seeing a lot of that on our platform as well. I love that. I love that. So I want to kind of gear into, you know, some things that you're seeing and loving and maybe not loving as well. So I first want to get into bridal shoes because they are available on your marketplace as well. And when you think about bridal shoes, a lot of people will think like Badgley Mishka and Jimmy Choo and, you know, Bella Bell is coming into the mix in a big way. So in terms of styles, yeah. designers, what do you guys specifically look for in a wedding shoe? I can... I can share a little bit from my personal experience and maybe some what I would do differently if I could yeah. get married maybe another time around. <laughs> um, I wound up going with, I think there's, there's you can go for like the really high fashion look and something that might not be comfortable. And a lot of like the, the Jimmy Choo's or like something, I think it's not as much in vogue anymore, but like Louboutin kind of shoes, like those are great, but you can't, like after you walk down the aisle, you have to change shoes. I wanted something a little bit more practical that was like, I want to be in these all night. I don't want to have blistering feet. So I went with a pair of the Stuart Weitzman traditional block heels and they honestly were so comfortable. I was in them the entire night and through to our after party and I can't recommend them enough. The only thing is they're open toe. So, you know, if you don't want open toe, like I would have loved to have a closed toe shoe as well, but the fact that they were comfortable, I thought they looked really pretty and photographed well. And when they stepped out underneath my dress, I was very happy with them. Um, I totally agree. I think, like Erica mentioned, I think that comfort is really, people underestimate the importance of comfort and the impact it has on your experience um, throughout your events. I have another tip as well, uh, yes. something that people don't think about. And a reason that I love the Lofler Rendell oh. heels is, um, if you have intricate detailing, especially if it's metal or gemstones or something like that, on the top of your shoe, one thing we've heard about happening is it catching on longer dresses and actually like pulling fabrics, getting caught, could even maybe cause you to trip. So something to think about is the length of your gown and what the fabric on the top of your shoe looks like. Something people don't think about. That's such a good tip. I actually never hear that and it is so true. You know, we're so inclined a lot of brides to go with something maybe glitzier that have, you know, gems on the top. But I, I love the Lothar Randall so much. I, my mom actually bought them for me and they didn't quite match my wedding dress, but Aww. I did wear them to my rehearsal and my best friend wore them and they're just like, oh, they're so comfy. I, I love when we see women do the blue one. So it's like their little something blue detail too. They're great. Can't go wrong with So them. cute. I, I love 
the idea of incorporating like traditional wedding wedding elements or like bringing back something vintage both in your wedding wardrobe and, and kind of in your wedding more broadly and one thing that i am loving that we're seeing more of are creative ways to incorporate something blue so if that's your shoes like erica was mentioning love that or like having your bridesmaids be or something blue or having that be incorporate in your flowers or like a small accessory that's blue um i i i love that we're getting creative with ways to incorporate some of the traditions so so cute so we talked a little bit about what you you know like in bridal shoes but i know you mentioned gloves is huge trending right now but whether it's trending or a classic item is there anything that either of you really love in terms of like something that you just think a bride should have or wear. I'm obsessed with everything bridal. I think I might have mentioned this to you, but like I, I was a 2020 turned 2021 bride and all of the styles that are in now wasn't really seeing as much of this back then. And I think for me, and I'm sure other brides probably feel this way too, there's such a steep learning curve when you're going through this wedding planning process. So like at the very beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make the most the biggest decisions of my life. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, I figured out the brands I liked and the designers that are cool, but it took my whole engagement to get there. And now I'm like, well, if I could do my wedding again, I would have worn, I would have shopped at Anthropology, the Beholden Collection's amazing what they have. I would have done my whole bridal fashion completely differently. So many brides feel that way. There's, you know, this this idea of like buyer's remorse too, when, you know, you have your gown and then, if you have, let's say, you know, a year and a half, two year engagement and you get some of your things earlier on because you want to prep for it, it's like, oh my God, all these like really cute things came out or I missed the boat for this item because it's not available anymore. So it's just such a dance and, you know, it's, it might seem trivial to some people, but it's, it's one time in your life and it's like your special period and you just want to make the most of it and feel glamorous and beautiful. And I love that you guys are really pioneering that for brides. I think it's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's really special for us to see is the sense of community mm -hmm. around wedding planning, around planning your outfits, getting feedback on your outfits, navigating this, what can be a really stressful time. And, you know, we see brides on our platform really excited to pass these items on to someone else and enable them to have this really special experience in this outfit that they had. Um, and so that's been really exciting for, for us to see as industry professionals, as, you know, as women in this phase of life as well because it is this one time in your life where this is happening and the spotlight's on you as a bride at every event. It's like every event is your, is your aisle to walk down and you need, you, you feel pressure to, to feel perfect and look perfect. And then what we hear so commonly from women is that for every event, they wind up purchasing multiple pieces because they're like, well, what if this doesn't work? I saw this, I wasn't sure. And that's how you get these wedding racks that women now have with like 25 white dresses on them. I think a lot of that too comes from pressure of, you know, I was obsessed as everyone else was with Sophia Richie's wedding and you know, all these celebrity types mm -hmm. who are getting married and have these fabulous wardrobes and they're so inspirational, but to, the average bride, that's not really attainable or realistic. And then in the same token, is there anything that maybe a trend or maybe not even something in fashion, but something that you just don't love in bridal that you're seeing right now? I literally just had something come to mind that I've been like thinking about here. And I think something that bothers me a little bit is, and kind of part of, part of the reason that we built this marketplace was to help recirculate high quality products. And as I just like, it's hard for me to support like the super fast fashion brands, like the Shein's and, and things like that, because it's just like, there, there's a lot of negativity associated with that. And it's really low quality products that aren't produced in the best way. It's really unsustainable for the environment. And I know that it's an affordable option and I can understand why people do it, but it's just has so many negative impacts. I really wish we could steer 
away from fast fashion in bridal. You're right. I mean, I went down this rabbit hole recently of the practices in fast fashion. And I mean, once you know, you can't not know. I mean, it's it's really, really dark. It's so, so sad. It's terrible. And it's like the quality, the quality of the stuff is really, it's not great. Like you really can't get more than one use out of it. But from what I've heard, it's like you try and wash things once and they're destroyed. So I really just like trying to like focus on less about like production of things and let's recirculate and reuse these beautiful pieces. Like what's interesting about bridal specifically is these pieces are worn once for like a few hours. Like we're not talking about a pair of jeans that are worn 20 times over in like one month. Like these are just worn for a few hours. And actually a lot of the stuff that's on Trousseau is brand new with tags. <laughs> like It's just like this hype of like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? Let me just like opportunistically buy as much as I can because yes. I'm panicking over it. And I hope this is a way, even though it's probably still catering, like price points are still a bit different. I just hope that this is like one way to help make higher end upscale fashion more accessible to more people. Definitely. How about you, Justina? Something that's an issue that we've heard from the traditional way of, of picking your bridesmaid dresses, where you send them a link to maybe one dress or to have them pick from like a small collection of the same designer, same same color, um, is that one, like the price point can sometimes be not accessible to people. I think two, not every dress looks is, is well suited for every body type and you want to make sure that your bridal party is feeling confident standing up there with you. Um, and so... I'm really excited to see more of this mismatch, mix and match bridesmaid uh, trend happening where brides bridesmaids can pick their own dress, send it to the bride for approval, um, and then purchase what works best for them. Totally. Justina, you mentioned bridesmaids and finding bridesmaids outfits. So you guys have something that just launched that I personally am so excited about. It's so necessary and it is just it's such a cool feature of your business so talk to us a little bit about what you guys just did to us absolutely uh well we're really excited to share that we are launching bridesmaid dresses the category on our platform yeah. uh, <laughs> we're really excited about this it's something that it's something that a lot of customers have reached out and asked us about and we've been getting messages about it for so long we we knew we had to do something about it so we're excited to be now accepting bridesmaid dresses from sellers soon will be open for buyers um, and we're really excited to bring all the benefits that we've seen of women shopping on our bridal section to their bridesmaids and their bridal party i think there are a lot of reasons why we Think that this is gonna be really beneficial for women and i've heard from them directly that this is something they want i think for bridesmaids there's already a bit of financial stress being a part of someone's bridal party and the brides feel that the bridesmaids feel that so the more that we can help provide alternate options to this and make that more accessible and more sustainable we're really excited to be able to to help help people do that anything you want to add erica I've just like, I mean, you know, I've been a bridesmaid 10 times. So for me, a quarter of my closet is just bridesmaid dresses. <laughs> it's like Catherine Heigl and 27 I'm... dresses. <laughs> Almost. Oh, we're, 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 we're not halfway there yet, thank God. But it's, it's so exciting. Okay, have, have you been a bridesmaid? Like, what, how big are the bridal parties that you're seeing? Tell, tell us about your experience. So they vary. I've... I've been a bridesmaid countless times. I have I have 25 first cousins. I have like a million girlfriends that I've known since I'm a kid. And I've I've worked hundreds of weddings and attended like 50 as a guest. So yeah, I see I see a big mix of things. I am starting to notice that the landscape of bridesmaids is changing. People still want to include their best girls and guys in their party but they maybe don't want it to seem like this like uniform kind of cookie cutter type thing um i in the past 10 years i definitely saw bigger bridal parties like that eight nine ten the largest i saw was 19 
Um, it's, it's quite a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is actually the scene in 27 Trustness. No, literally. It's, it's a lot. And I get where people are coming from because it's like you love all these women and you want to include them in your day. But sometimes it gets to a point where it's not practical. So a lot of times what I'll see with especially bigger parietal parties that go on the higher side of like seven, um, especially for like ceremony, they'll have maybe just made a matron of honor standing with them when they do their vows and the rest of the bridal party is like standing in front or seated in front. Um, or like introductions, maybe they'll either just announce the whole bridal party together or they'll just do bride and groom announced. And it's more of just kind of... Um, like a nod to them. They're not like the important person of the day. They're important, of course, to the bride or groom. Um, but it's not this like focus on like bridesmaids and they need like this certain table and this area. So it's it's definitely changing a lot. And to your guys' point, people really don't want to see their bridesmaids in something that they're not comfortable in or that they don't feel beautiful in. Yeah. And it, I mean, the wedding industry is like billions of dollars worth of waste every year, which is so disappointing. And a lot of that comes, I would say not a high percentage, but a good percentage comes from fashion. And I mean, you guys know, I, I won't make you call anyone out, but like bridesmaids dresses are notoriously not, the most gorgeous, like the traditional bridesmaids <laughs> dresses. Um, and you don't, you don't want people to feel like I have this like tacky polyester thing just hanging in my closet forever. Like you want good quality items, but again, you don't want your loved ones to have to spend a billion dollars on a dress that maybe isn't their style and they're just getting because they love you and they're maybe not going to wear it again. So have the marketplace there where it's like oh. maybe we're picking, you know, a few different dresses in the same color scheme, but not the same exact dress. And there's just so yes. much availability for bridesmaids. I love, love, love that you guys are doing this. I think it's so awesome. It's, I mean, first of all, like, I literally have four chiffon dresses hanging in my closet. Like, just a slightly different shade off from one another. And <laughs> it's like, something I've seen, and small sample size here, but like, out of 10 weddings, did not wear the same dress. So you have to buy something new. The There's such a financial obligation in becoming a bridesmaid. And it's, it's really overwhelming. And like, frankly, like, it's easy to like, go broke trying to like fulfill all these bridesmaids things and something that we've seen too is that like bachelorette parties have become insane productions and when you're a bridesmaid like your obligation is to be there for all the special moments so whether that's dress shopping the bachelorette the bridal shower the wedding weekend staying at the same hotel as the bride and groom buying the dress like it adds up it's really expensive it's a huge financial burden and though we can't solve for all of that, at least we could solve for one piece, which is like either come in and find a more affordable dress that you could wear that will fit you better and then, or sell it afterwards and earn some money back on something you're never going to wear again because you won't. Or even just to add on to that, you can do both. You can buy it from from our platform Fair. and then resell it afterwards. And actually that's something that we're really excited about, about our platform is that we're, our platform is built for items that are only going to be worn once. And so we make that process really easy for buyers. Actually, at time of purchase, we prompt them, do you plan to relist this? We make that process very simple. Um, and so trying to help out where we can to recirculate these items. So cool. That's, I just love it. And, you know, like you guys said, you there's such a financial pressure on being a bridesmaid a bridesmaid that not a lot of people talk about or recognize. Um, and then it's like, you don't want to be the person to say, oh, I think this is like too much or too expensive. And you also don't want to be the person who's not there. Um, do you have yeah. any kind of tips for someone who's maybe going to be in a bridal party? I know it's unrelated, but you've both been bridesmaids. 
um, to maybe like setting a boundary or just vocalizing like what they're comfortable with while still being there for the bride. Um, I, I personally wish that this, I feel like this onus should be on the bride and we've seen the expectations I think brides are setting for their bridal parties are just insane in this day and age. And I wish that more brides could kind of like remember what it's like to be a bridesmaid and maybe just kind of create the environment in the space where it's like, I know this is an expensive it's ex I want to acknowledge that it's expensive to be in my wedding party. And I want to acknowledge that like, if there are things that don't fit within what you're doing, please talk to me. I want, I want you to be there. I want, I want to help make this something that you can be a part of. And, and I don't want to make this a financial burden. So my take is like, hopefully I want brides to kind of set that environment. Just, you know, you have something for like actual bridesmaids themselves. Hmm, I, I was actually going to add on to what you were saying about brides making sure that they're listening to their bridesmaids and what, what they're comfortable with. I actually saw recently someone, uh, and I thought it was a great idea, sent out a survey to their bridesmaids and just said, hey, like, I just want to understand what you're comfortable with. Like, how can we do this together in a way that works for all of us? Um, and just being really receptive to if someone, you want someone to participate, but they can't participate in the way that you might have originally envisioned, finding a creative way to, to you know, still have them there and, and make it work. Um, I think for bridesmaids themselves, I mean, buying your bridesmaid dress on Trousseau, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I think also just um, if you feel comfortable being being communicative and, and I think that we're finding more and more brides are understanding this and, and wanting to find creative ways to include everyone that they want to be there. I think that's really, really good advice. I think, you know, a lot of brides get caught in this excitement of like, it's my day and my time and I did X, Y, Z for this person and I feel like I either want it reciprocated or I'm never going to do it again. But um, maybe sometimes they lose sight of, you know, I want the people closest to me to celebrate with me or else I would just go elope and not do any of this stuff. Like it's, it's a group effort and to both of your points, you just have to be respectful of people's boundaries even if they're maybe not vocalizing it like you're the ringleader you should yeah. want to make sure that everyone's feeling comfortable because it is it's a huge commitment um and just on that topic too do you have any advice for brides when maybe giving bridesmaids dress guidelines are there any are there any tips that you could give them to maybe help bridesmaids feel more comfortable and beautiful in what they're wearing specifically? I would say, <laughs> yeah, for like when it, when it comes to that, I think what I personally did for my wedding party, and yes, I was one of the, I was one of the people who had like 11 bridesmaids. I know it was insane. We can talk about that separately, but me too, Erica. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I wanted, I went from having none to eleven. It was just very extreme. But um, when it comes, when it comes to like wedding dress advice, I mean, something the trend we're seeing, and I'm, we're really excited about it, is like allowing bridesmaids the autonomy to pick what they're wearing because they can find something that's they fit in. They find something that's in their price point, and but even if you that's a little bit more modern. And if there's a bride that wants to be more traditional and say, hey, I want you all in a same color Jenny U dress, just even being open to like a number of different styles because everybody's unique. We're all different. So what looks good on me is not going to look good on somebody else. And it's really nice when brides, I've had to pick the same dress as everyone else and people feel uncomfortable. And I've had brides who are like, here's five of the same style, like similar styles. I think that's, you know, at least like a step, a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think for the brides who are doing the mismatch, like mix and match bridesmaid dress kind of theme, I think that providing, if for example, if you're going to say, here are some examples of what I'm looking for, including brands and designers that are at an affordable price point, um, making sure that there are like body inclusive images or, or styles that would fit everyone in your party. Just, I think it's just that extra thought in making sure that everyone who's standing up there with you is is doing so in a way that, that works for them. Definitely. And, you know, we're such visual people as human beings. So that's such a great point too, just showing pictures and giving different examples. And 
communication and visuals. I feel like if people can get those things down, then like we're so golden moving forward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I feel like now with like Canva, you can make these incredible kinds of mood boards that we're seeing. We're seeing these on TikTok. It's amazing to see the style of guides that women are putting together. I, again, I'm just like, where where was this two years ago? <laughs> it's so cool. It really is so cool. Um, so a little bit earlier, we talked a couple times about gloves because they are so fabulous and worth mentioning more than once, for sure. I'm obsessed also. Um, but last year we saw like the gloves come back in a big way. We saw a lot of pearls. We saw a lot of bows come back. Um, and I know we were talking about mm -hmm. some things that are trending now, like the floral appliques. Do you guys have any fun predictions about maybe what might be on the horizon or something that you might want to see come into play? Ooh. Oh, this is good. <laughs> this is a good one. I have, I have, I have one that yeah. we've seen a bit of recently and I think I'm loving and I think we will probably continue to see into 2024 season is um, intricately beaded or pearled or otherwise some sort of applique on veils mm -hmm. um, in addition to I see a lot of people now embroidering veils with like sayings or phrases um, I think that that's a fun way and another like avenue of creativity in your outfit is your veil that I think hadn't been as utilized before um, so I'm really I'm really loving that personally that Sophia Richie raindrop the raindrop veil is like yeah. oh my god that's, that's his value for stunning it's so pretty. I, I just can't. I, I can't. I can't. I, every look of hers, I was just like, Ugh. I obsessed over it forever. <laughs> but between Sophia Richie's now and like Haley Bieber really kind of came into play with that. I think she was mm -hmm. one of the first to do that embroidered veil. And I, you're right. Like that was something yeah. that wasn't really touched before. And, you know, we saw scalloping and lace and maybe, you know, some some rhinestone detail but you know now seeing those pearls and uh like the the raindrop really was just like took it to a whole new level but i love those details so you know there's so much pressure i know we talked about that a lot but for brides picking their outfits whether it's for their wedding or surrounding events if you were giving advice to your best friend or your sister about you know going forward with that and what to choose and what to not choose like just blanket advice what what would you tell her i feel like i would i would say like think kind of like think about all of the events that you want to have up front and just being a little it's hard though because brides have so many things that they're planning even if you have a wedding planner it is so overwhelming to be planning your wedding thinking about all these pieces in tandem but when it comes to like your bridal outfits i think it's really thinking about like what kinds of what events are you planning to have what kinds of looks are you most excited about and, and create your own like inspiration mood board, whether it's Pinterest or on Canva and say, these are the different kinds of looks that I'm most excited about and try and find a way to like, okay, this event, I'm going to channel my Audrey Hepburn side. This event, I'm going to channel like another, someone else that I really appreciate. This is where I want to be really simple and classic and maybe like high neck, long satin kind of dress and then something different for another event. But just like trying to think a little bit more holistically about all of them. Because I think what we see, there's either the super planners or there are people who are rushing like right before their event. And that's not a great feeling because like then you can't really be as proactive. There aren't a lot of choices. And specifically with a lot of the bridal sites that you had mentioned, like a lot of times there's pre-order only. So your options get really limited really quickly. So trying to help women like think more about it, not as like a to-do list, but like this is really exciting. It's your expression of yourself as a bride and be more planful in that way i have another tip here as well and i think this is a more more broadly like a fashion industry comment but i think personally one thing that i think is undervalued when picking clothing for yourself is understanding your body type and what's flattering on your body type and i think that took me a little bit too long to figure out but i'm glad to kind of have a better sense of that now and i think one way that was helpful for me when I pick out clothing now is understanding what are the outfits that I feel most confident in? Like if I can think about special events in my life, like what were the shapes of those dresses? What were the cuts and, and how did it like fit on me? And that's been helpful 
Um, I think there's also the element of you can buy a tape measure, take your measurements. And so when you're shopping online, that makes that process a lot more, a lot easier. And for example, on Trusso, we, we encourage sellers to include their measurements as much as possible, or like the measurements of the dress to help make that kind of fit question easier. Um, so th those are some fit tips from my end. Yeah, I mean, I'm 30 and it, like, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I see something online, I'm like, oh, that looks great. And like, okay, well, yeah, it looks great on a 510 model, but like on a 5'2 not model, perhaps not. You know, <laughs> but it is really yeah. helpful today to have um, different fit models. Like, more websites are doing that now, which I think is so cool to see, you know, someone who is size small, size medium, size large, and like see how different things look on them. Um, and that's a nice feature of Trousseau mm -hmm. as well, because you're looking at it on a real beautiful person. Not to say that models aren't beautiful, but yeah. they're models for a reason. They're not the realistic norm. They're not what a person is going to look like, you know, it's like, an alien in, in the most beautiful way possible. Yeah. <laughs> but just talking about um, fashion industry stuff kind of puts me into my next thing. So I want to play a fun little game with you guys. So because you're very fashion forward, you're very in the know, um, I'm going to ask you guys a question and you're just going to tell me a yes or no. And it's all kind of fashion and wedding related. Okay. So do you want to say yes and no at the same time or yes and no one at a time? I'm just thinking about the sound of the video. Maybe, maybe we'll do Erica answer and then Justina answer. Um, but let's start Perfect. with <laughs> wearing white after Labor Day. Yes or no? Yes, no rules anymore. I say no only because I'm a New Yorker who only wears black. <laughs> I love that. Unless it's bridal. <laughs> so in terms of bridal. like like after summer wedding, I know that some people take this rule to like a level where they're like, no cream or ivory is for fall winter weddings. Do you take it to that level or do you think a winter white is okay for a wedding? I think for a wedding, I think white is always good. Okay. Personally. Cool, cool. Um, always take one accessory off before you leave. Yes or no? Uh, <laughs> That's really uh, funny. I haven't heard that. Okay, I'm going to say no. Because I only wear my wedding ring, a necklace, and earring. So I'm basic. Yeah. I don't need that. Same. I would also say no. I feel like... I feel like... I don't, I don't wear a ton of accessories either. So I feel like the, only the essentials. Totally. Yeah. And I think, just think it's fun. Like if you're an over accessorizer, then have at it. I'm, I mean, you guys can say I don't, I don't Go wear anything it. either. If I could, if I had the eye for it, I would probably have it all, you know, but <laughs> I don't. Okay. This is specifically for bridal party. Navy and black mix and match. Can we do it? Yes or no? Oh. No, no, <laughs> I can't, I, it's, I can't, I can't, I have this argument with my husband about Maisie and Black, I'm like, no, they cannot go together. I, agree. I, my <laughs> I feel, I feel the same way. My, my husband, God bless him, he has a beautiful sense of fashion, but sometimes he's showing me something that's like brown and black and he's like fixing these patterns. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's not going to work for no. me. <laughs> he always makes it look good somehow, but I it wouldn't be my choice. Um, okay, mixing bridesmaids prints, yes or no? Yes. I was just yes. in a wedding where we mixed, we did the mix and match. Happy to send you a picture. It came out yes. stunning. I, I uh, couldn't see it. I'm here love for that. It. I say I say yes as well. I, I like I like mixing of prints. I like maybe a couple prints, a couple solids of like colors within the prints. I think that looks really pretty. I also love mixing fabrics, like some tools and silk. I think that looks really cool on photos. Yeah, you guys mentioned something earlier about, um, you know, maybe the same designer in different styles. I think that can be really helpful too with mixing colors and prints because, you know, if you're doing like a Jenny Yu or an Amsale, like their, their color schemes and or colors, or even if they're not identical, are going to kind of complement each other. So that might be a good thing to do, like for anyone who's mixing prints. I think one caveat I want to add Please. here is important that someone, someone needs to like see the vision come together. Like probably the bride or the maid, maid or matron of honor, like 
someone needs to like put all the dresses side by side and make sure they actually look good together not that they don't totally totally that's such a good point what about wearing red at a wedding as a guest yes or no it's it's not for me that's totally fair loud but you do you (laughs) this is a tough one for me and i actually i discussed this with erica a couple months ago when i was going to a wedding i feel like i feel like the the i feel like the idea here as i understood it is you don't want to upstage the bride right like you you want you don't want your dress to be taking away from the attention that should be on the bride as her special day um so i think i i personally opted not to in that situation i went for kind of a deeper like purple color instead um so i think that there are ways that you if you want like a pretty color there are so many other options i think avoiding white or anything that looks like it could be white pattern dresses that have white as the background it just i think if there's a question just pick something else that's that's my personal that's like, really good advice yes yes if there's a question the answer is now <laughs> i agree with that for sure yeah <laughs> that had me thinking about something oh say it that just had me think about something we need to maybe we table it for later but like at some point need to discuss mother of dresses because in an area where I've seen some upstaging and a little, you know, things can get a little tense there, but we can come back to that at some point. No, no, I have my little list right here. So let's let's dive in. I mean, this is such a hot topic. Um, I, I guess I've been so fortunate in my life and career that I, I have not dealt with so many mothers who are like, trying to upstage i've seen it a little bit but you know for the most part like it's just they want they want the kid to have a great day and a great experience but i hear so much on the online communities and like people to reach out to me through the prenup like monstrous stories of not just mother of the groom mother of the bride as well and like the trying to upstage so like talk a little bit about that that is it's such a nightmare oh man i mean i i feel very personal like i'm fortunate in my life but i have i've seen it i i've seen the mother-in-law i've seen the mother of the bride just through fashion trying because like and in terms of like just really bold colors like a hot pink or something and you're like why are we here why is this happening like you know we don't need to do that. No, it, attention should be on the bride. But I just wanted to point out that that is something not too often, but you do see it. And mother of uh, can be very difficult for mother-in-laws and the mother of the bride. There's a lot, a lot of personalities to manage there in wedding planning. So can be a challenge in fashion too. Absolutely. Justina, anything to add to that? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I totally agree with what Erica said. And I think that there's certainly a middle ground between something that feels like too kind of old or too stuffy and then something that's like too flashy or like I've, I've seen mother of dresses that are like really close to white and it kind of makes me think like I think that there's maybe a better option that's maybe a more muted color but still modest still like the level of formality you'd expect from that type of dress absolutely like just for example my mom is a hot little potato she's like you know she, she looks amazing and when we were looking for when my sister was getting married and when I was getting married, a lot of the dresses are very matronly. And I think for even someone who maybe mm-hmm. isn't feeling their most confident or isn't trying to be youthful, like they love where they're at in life, they're just not flattering dresses. Like I, I mm-hmm. petition to stop whatever is going on with mother of the bride dresses and just do something like women of every age deserve to feel beautiful and like you said it doesn't have to be these loud obnoxious colors or patterns it should be respectful in the same manner that a bridesmaid or a guest should be but like women of every age are hot like let them look hot yeah 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 like you can look beautiful and one one funny thing to say is that we are standing outside of a a large uh, bridal shop here talking to brides and we had mothers when we were when we were like getting we were just doing some interviews we had mothers running back to us like can you help me i would like, like i can't find a dress so somewhere we'll be going in the future is definitely to help mother of as well 
that would be really cool. That would be really cool. Just that, that whole idea, like, yes, of course, Mother of the Bride, it's like, it's such a special day and, you know, but I guess the feedback that you guys have heard a little bit and I have as well, some of the parents of the couple make me think that it's their dad. This is where, like, earlier when I was like, there's just so much that goes into wedding planning from, like, logistics and dynamics and families and, like, Although we may not be able to solve all of those, like through all of our experience, we are, our community, we see a future where our community can help each other through those pieces, in addition to helping you dress up in more, in the pieces you want to wear for less. We can't quite solve the, all of those problems yet, but maybe one day. One, one day. But I think as long as there's human interaction and merging of families, we're, we're all going to be going through it. <laughs> Uh, so just two more of these, you guys. Um, what about pastels outside of springtime? Yes or no? I was going to say no, but I have a pastel purse I wear in the summer, so I'd be a hypocrite. Yes. Begrudgingly, <laughs> yes. I, I like pastels. I say yes. I say enthusiastically, yes. <laughs> so there are some, like... Like powder blue, I feel like is kind of in the pastel family, and like that's summery, you know. I I, I say yes too. <laughs> um, okay, faux diamonds or faux pas? Yes or no? Ooh. Can we clar clarifying question? Are we talking lab grown versus natural, or are we talking just like faux, you know, all faux diamonds? I think I'm talking more like cubic zirconium, that kind of family. Okay. Well, is that for everyday life or for weddings or both? Like wedding, either costume jewelry or, you know, if you're a guest or a bride mm -hmm. or, you know, just wearing faux diamonds to a wedding. How do we feel? Um, I would say I have mixed feelings here. I think, I think obviously diamonds are girl's best friend. Like who doesn't love diamonds, right? But that's, sure. that's very expensive. I know that, know that you spoke with, um, you had Versillo on your podcast. I think that's yes. a really, like rentals for, for diamonds is a really great alternative because, you know, faux jewelry is just like costume jewelry. I'm not, I'm not personally a big fan of costume jewelry, but I understand why it exists and why it's a great option for people. But I think if you're like, if you're a bride and you don't want to spend like $5,000 on a pair of earrings that you're only going to wear once, like, why not rent them? I think it's a great option. I was thinking, I agree with their guy. I think that, you know, you know, we found that costume for really just doesn't really have the same kind of long life of an item and like it tarnishes more quickly. I think for me, I feel really special when I'm like wearing higher quality pieces versus things that I'm like, do people know if it's real or not? You know, I, I think I'd rather not be worrying about that. Um, but I, I do understand that it's, you know, an affordable option, something that like you could wear on special occasions. I think it's just not for me personally. Yeah, I think like if you're gonna wear like maybe a baby stud of something like something that's just not loud and accent, like okay, fine. But there really isn't anything quite like a diamond. I mean, nothing sparkles that way. Nothing looks that way. And I mean, you'd be so embarrassed if you saw some of my costume jewelry from my early twenties that I would wear to weddings, like these big ugly oh, chandelier okay. earrings and oh, i'm like it's a sin what was she thinking what's what's wrong with her <laughs> um, like i think there's a time and a place in life for costume jewelry so you know for everyone that's different i do i do have that i'm not proud of it it's a rite of passage yeah but you know even the thing is even renting diamonds is expensive too so it's hard and when you're at that point in your wedding planning journey it's the final details like i mean i'm sure you've heard the statistic being in the industry this long but like half of couples go over budget on their wedding that is insane and actually like a quarter of couples go into debt in order to pay for their weddings and when you like at least i'm speaking from a little more personal experience here but like you, know, you plan all the big stuff and then your last like 90 days you're so stressed out so many little costs pop up you're like wait, I didn't think about what am I, what the jewelry that I'm going to wear other than my ring. And then it's like, oh, great. Here goes another $500 here. Here goes another $1,000 here. So it's really hard, like, especially towards the end. And I think like, it's just like that 
it's so easy, especially in the crunch time, to go over budget and just trying to find more and more ways to help make weddings more affordable, more accessible, so that couples can be focused not just on the wedding day, which is great and amazing, but like the this is about the rest of your life starting. The rest of your life starts the day after you wake up from your wedding, and you want to be in a really good financial place. Uh, coming back to Trousseau, this is a way to help couples do that and be like, okay, well, it's one more, more sustainable. This is more accessible. I can afford this. I can earn money back on this afterwards. And that's what it's about. It's about helping these couples set up for a beautiful memory and a lifelong marriage and with filled with love. Definitely. definitely. I end my rant. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it. Now. <laughs> Justina, anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with what Erica said. I mean, I think this is meant to be one of the most special times in your life. It's a huge transitionary period. And I think the, the more that we can help women stress less, connect more with other women going through this and just provide a smarter way to do it. That's what really gets Eric and I excited. Love it. It gets me excited too. You guys are doing such awesome work. Um, so before I let you go, I just have four little questions. It's my after party. I ask everyone. So we'll just go through it and we'll go. <laughs> in the same order. And I promise, Justine, I'm not favoring Erica. It's just like my line of vision in my screen is me, Erica. <laughs> so if we can go in that order. Um, but question number one, what is your dream wedding cake flavor? Cannoli. Strawberries Love and that. cream. Ooh, yum. Okay, both excellent. Um, what song do you need to hear at a wedding? September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Love so story, Taylor Swift. Oh, so I'm such a Swifty. Oh, God. <laughs> Both great answers. And Taylor actually does a version of September, too, which is really great on Spotify sessions. Um, she does. That's true. Does. Yes. Love it. Love it. Always comes back to Taylor. Um, top honeymoon destination. As, as a COVID, a former COVID bride, this got a little botched for me. So my dream is Greece. Love it. Tahiti for me. Ooh. Ooh. Love that. Okay. And then one piece of advice for anyone planning a wedding. I would say have a day of coordinator. Even if your venue provides one, you need somebody with you from the moment your day starts until you are back at your hotel because someone's got to figure out when the bagels don't get delivered. You can't put that on your bridesmaids. And then at the end of your wedding, you need to make sure that like what are you doing with all of your stuff afterwards and that there's a plan just sharing some of my own regrets of like not knowing what to do with things after my wedding ended so please hire a coordinator love that i think for me this is a more macro comment about weddings more broadly but i think it's so easy to get wrapped up in a lot of the details like we're talking about like interpersonal conflict what are you going to wear bridesmaids what are they wearing i think it's important to take a step back and remember why we're doing this. This is a celebration of love between you and your partner in such a special time. It will be special. It will be amazing, even if all the details aren't perfect. Um, so just kind of recentering on that, I think, can be really helpful. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's both. I mean, such great advice. And ladies, you are so fabulous. I'm so excited for all the wonderful things you're doing. I linked everywhere that people can find you below. Um, but if there's anything else you want to add, you know, have at it now. The floor is yours. I'm shout out Trousseau. We are so excited to help this growing community of women. So our goal is to help everyone who has to attend a wedding dress up. So even if there's not something there right now, we have big plans for the future. So check out our website, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much, ladies. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much fun. This was yeah, so, so fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, I hope to do it again. Anytime you want to come back, you just let me know. Could dive into any of these topics <laughs> for an hour. Yes. Thank you for guiding this discussion. It was so fun to speak with you.